Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It is the 23rd day of the month of January. It is a Sunday on the day that this originally airs, and I want to wish you, wherever you are and whomever you meet with, many, 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 most, I would say most churches and assemblies or whatever meet on Sunday. And uh, I pray that wherever and however and with whomever you meet, you find strength in the body of Christ as you praise the name of Jesus today. This also marks us beginning a new week. I know Monday is the, the work week, but um, Sunday is the eighth day the, or the new first day. It's when we get things started again. And I just believe in God as you head into this final full week of the month of January uh, that you are walking in the free favor of God and you are living in His blessing. Yesterday, we dealt with Genesis 22, 8, in which Abraham said to Isaac that God shall provide for himself a lamb. I want to keep that today as the basis of our thought because, and, and just kind of use it as a way to jump uh, from the first book of the Bible to the last book of the Bible because it's not shocking. Oftentimes, that's how this works. Things that come up in the first of the book resurface at the end of the book and kind of brings it full circle. Just as Abraham says, God shall provide himself a lamb. Then when you get to the book of Revelation, lamb imagery explodes. So if you were to stack the first book and the second book up next to one another, you have God, you have a prophecy that God will be the one who gives a lamb And then in the end of the book, more than any other moment in the New Testament, you have an explosion of lamb imagery. In fact, there's not a lot of lamb imagery. This is kind of shocking, but there's not a lot of lamb imagery in the New Testament. Jesus is called the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Paul never utilized in all of his writings, and he writes possibly two-thirds of the New Testament, and he never utilized the lamb imagery. Let's leave that for what it is. I don't know what it is, but I know that wasn't Paul's revelation. Peter has a brief mention of a lamb sacrifice. Paul does call Christ our Passover. That's as close as he gets because by saying our Passover, he's sort of out of the corner of his mouth referencing a lamb. But then when you get to Revelation, boom, lamb everywhere. Lamb from the first chapter on through, as we see the revelation, the unveiling, the apocalypsis of Jesus, what gets unveiled to us at the end of the book is that Christ is a lamb, not only a lamb, but a lamb that is bleeding. So let's think in these terms today. In Genesis 22, 8, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Calvary is so important, and I know Calvary is not mentioned in Genesis 22, but just as Jesus goes up a hill bearing the implement of his sacrifice, so Abraham goes up a hill bearing the implements of sacrifice. Just as Jesus goes up as a firstborn son, Isaac goes up with the firstborn blessing. Father and Son go up the mountain together at Calvary. God is in Christ reconciling the world. Father and Son go up the mountain together. So 
I put Calvary into the story. So just as God provides himself a lamb, Calvary is so important because God doesn't ask for the sacrifice from us. God provides the sacrifice himself. And what is the sacrifice? The lamb. So when the lamb is unveiled in the book of Revelation, we find that the lamb that God provides for himself doesn't graduate into being something else. Strangely, almost off book, he stays a lamb. Because the reason I say it's strange is because lambs are submissive. Lambs are not powerful. Lambs must be led. Lambs are gentle. Lambs are unobtrusive. We like that as Jesus when he's on the earth. We don't necessarily think he should stay that way for eternity. In fact, many Christians will say, having read the book of Revelation, they'll say, yes, Jesus died as a lamb, but he reigns as a lion. And what they're quoting is Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And we say, see, our Jesus is a lion, but... In an almost comical moment from Revelation 5, the very next verse after the lion of the tribe of Judah is introduced, John says, And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And then chapter 5 has all of heaven singing a song, worthy is the lamb who was slain. They don't say worthy is the lion or awesome is the sound of his roar or look at the size of his teeth. Instead, worthy is the lamb who was slain, who has redeemed us to God by his blood. He receives power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. And every creature... Every animal, everything you're about to read in this book, whether it's a seven-headed beast or a dragon from the sea, all of it bows not to the lion, but to the lamb. Because the image that the Bible holds on to is God provides for himself a lamb. He doesn't die, then resurrect as a lion because lambs are for losers and lions are for winners. No, He dies as a lamb, and in his enthronement in Revelation 5, this is truly Calvary from heaven's vantage point, as he is enthroned, he is bleeding because he is as a lamb freshly slain, because his authority as the lion is derived from his bleeding as a lamb. If he stops bleeding as a lamb, he stops having all power. Because the method of the kingdom is to win from suffering, from sacrifice, not from domination. Only through the lens of the world is power derived by the wielding of power. In the the realm of the kingdom, power is derived by submitting and giving. When you give, you receive. When you are the tail, you are the head. When you are the least, you are the greatest. When you lose your life, 
You find it. When you accept the bleeding lamb, you receive the power of the lion. He never ceases to be the lamb. It's not he's a lion and a lamb. It's he's a lion that is a lamb. We never stop seeing God provide for himself the lamb from Genesis 22. And we're going to see more of it. Let's go on up the mountain. We'll do that tomorrow. See you then. God bless.